episode and Locked On Anaheim Ducks. The Ducks conclude their road trip with another win? What's going on? Find out on today's Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good afternoon. How's everyone doing? Welcome to Locked On Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and I should specifically say Locked On Anaheim Ducks. I realized that after a long time, I've realized that there is Ducks hockey going on aside from Anaheim. The University of Oregon Ducks, they have a college hockey team. So I can't just say welcome to Locked On Ducks hockey in case there's any Oregon fans out there that love their green and yellow. No, I gotta say welcome to Locked On Anaheim Ducks because this show is about the OC's favorite hockey team, not Oregon's favorite hockey team, aside from the Portland Winterhawks, of course. You'll get fresh daily content Monday through Friday. And don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe if you have not already. And before I get into the show, you can hear this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher, or try looking manually on Apple or Google Podcasts. Also, follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks, or follow me personally at StimpyJD. So the Ducks go into this road trip, you know, quite a ways behind, and somehow... On these past five road games, they got points in all five. In fact, if you look at their last five road games, they got eight points. Eight points out of five games. Okay, now look around. Okay, who saw that coming? Really? Who thought that the Ducks would get eight out of a possible ten points on this road trip? I'll admit I didn't. I had the Ducks possibly getting five or six points out of this road trip, and that would have been fine. That would have been just fine. Yes, I know the Ducks played a very poor Kings team. They played an Ottawa team that was worse than them in the power play. They played a Montreal team that is trying to figure out where they're at. And they played a very inspired Toronto Maple Leafs team that had to make a trade because of an injury. And they just played Buffalo, who was also not in the playoffs. So I can't say I'm completely surprised that the Ducks had a good road trip. I'm surprised that they maintained it for the entire five games. That's the shock there. We'll start with Friday night's game at Toronto, and this one had a lot of drama attached to it, not on the Ducks side, on the Maple Leaf side, because as I had mentioned last time, Toronto made a trade with the crosstown rival LA Kings. The LA Kings dealt over Jack Campbell, former backup goalie Jack Campbell, and Kyle Clifford to the Maple Leafs for a third round pick, a conditional second slash third round pick, and Trevor Moore. Now, Trevor Moore did score for the Kings yesterday at Madison Square Garden. Yeah, that was the Kings' only goal. And in fact, that could turn out to be a decent trade for the Kings. But to give up your backup goalie and to force Cal Peterson to become the future of the franchise now, you know, that's asking a bit much for the Kings, although I think they are completely in tank mode. As far as the Ducks, who knows after this road trip? But let's go back to Friday night. With Jack Campbell starting his first game as a Toronto Maple Leaf, he was fired up at first. Anaheim did put up some shots early, but none of them got through. Finally, it was Andreas Johansson with his eighth goal of the season to put the Maple Leafs up 1-0. Then, halfway through the period, Nick Delorier, his second goal of the season. That's it, only two goals this season. He's got some apples. He's got some good fights. Nicholas Delorier is a heart and soul player. 
He ties the game up at one goal apiece, but the Toronto power play strikes yet again. John Tavares, his 21st of the season on the power play, made it 2-1. to one. Austin Matthews, that guy's sick. He had a very nice goal towards the end of the second period. His 40th of the season, he's chasing Alexander Ovechkin. And we'll talk about Ovi on the latter part of the show. So Matthews made it 3-1. to one. Then in the third period, things got a little strange for Jack Campbell. On kind of a broken play, Carter Rowney took the puck away from the Maple Leafs and passed it on down to a streaking Max Jones, who really found the perfect spot for that goal. That was a short-handed goal. Seventh of the season for Max Jones to make it 3-2. to two. Then on the power play, Rico Adam Henrique tied the game up at three goals apiece on the power play. Wait, 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 wait. The Ducks scored on a power play? Really? Yes, that really happened. They are last in the league in power play percentage. In fact, they're probably still last after that game. But it was 3-3. Three to three. Uh, Late in the game. This was one that Ryan Miller wants back. Ryan Miller let this one go. Jason Spezza with his ninth of the season, making it 4-3 Toronto. But with a minute left in regulation, the Ducks' favorite player, everybody's favorite player, the Elite 1C, or as Taylor Blake Ward would say, best hockey player in the world, Derek Grant scored the game-tying goal with about a minute left in regulation to tie things up at four goals apiece. This was a broken play, kind of just scramble around the net because the Ducks did have the extra attacker. They pulled their goalie, Ryan Miller, with about a minute and a half left. So the Ducks were 6-on-5, and there was a shot put in. You know, Getzloff got in there, Fowler got it towards the net, and right there to pick up the loose change was Derek Grant for his 13th goal of the season. That's now a career high. Let's talk about Derek Grant for a hot second. Derek Grant, his first 92 games in the National Hockey League, you know how many goals he had? Zero. Derek Grant had no goals his first 92 games. As a professional in the National Hockey League. Can you believe that? Ducks fans wouldn't believe it. Derek Grant is having a standout career year. Arguably his best year in the NHL. No, not arguably. Definitely his best year in the National Hockey League. So congrats to Derek Grant for getting that career high. 13th goal of the season to tie things up at four. But in overtime, very, very late. The Ducks committed a penalty in overtime, by the way. Oh, that is not a good way to end that game. So the Ducks are shorthanded on the Ricard Raquel tripping penalty. And who would strike with about six seconds left? John Tavares. Tavares would get his second goal of the game, his second power play goal of the game, to give Toronto the 5-4 victory and giving Jack Campbell his first win as a member of the Maple Leafs. As far as stats go, Maple Leafs outshot the Ducks 35-30. Power play, Toronto 2-for-5, including that overtime winner. The Ducks were 1-for-3, and for what it's worth, the Ducks' power play looked marginally better on that game. But not too much. Just gotta keep it honest. Uh, the Ducks did out-hit Maple Leafs 33-29. The Ducks did have their chances. They scored four goals on Campbell. I mean, I could understand a new goalie in a new city... He's going to be excited. He might let a couple of them go. That's fine. But when you're the Ducks, you've got to take more advantage of this. And I feel like the Ducks did a good enough job because Toronto was an inspired team. You know, Kyle Clifford, 
That was his first game as a Maple Leaf. And I got to give credit to Kyle Clifford because he came into this game knowing that Toronto was getting their butts pushed around like crazy. And Clifford was throwing major hits. He even got in a nice little scuffle with the Ducks captain, Ryan Getzloff. Now, these two guys are familiar with each other. Of course, Kyle Clifford being a member of the LA Kings, Getzloff being a career Duck. So they're familiar with each other. Kind of nice to see that Getzloff kind of push back a little bit. Good action. Good action all around. The Ducks did get a point on that game, which would then extend their point streak to four games. And we'll talk more about the game yesterday against Buffalo. Before we get into the first intermission, let me tell you how you can achieve locked on advertising success on this very podcast. If you've been a listener, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with locked on to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Anaheim Ducks is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Ducks fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Anaheim Ducks fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are we'll get our team to help your team achieve locked on advertising success once again text the word advertising to 33777 or visit lockedonpodcasts.com forward slash advertising we look forward to hearing from you Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. So I just got done talking about the Ducks' overtime loss against Toronto. So they leave Canada with two consecutive overtime losses at Montreal and at Toronto. So they go into Buffalo looking to end the road trip on a high note. And they go just across the Niagara River and go into Buffalo. And by the way, I've been to Buffalo before, one of my favorite little areas in all the world. Uh, one of my favorite restaurants, I got to give a shout out to you guys if you're listening in Buffalo. One of my favorite restaurants of all time is in Lewistown, New York. And it's a great, great, great little pub where they have seats from the odd. Yes, I kid you not. Um, it's called the Brickyard. And if I remember this correctly, I went there a couple years ago or a few years ago. And the Brickyard is this awesome little pub outside of Buffalo. And in the little waiting area, they have three or four seats that are from the original Buffalo Odd. So definitely a cool place to check out. Just thought I'd give a shout out since that was one of my favorite spots to go during my travels a while ago. So the Buffalo Sabres, they start Jonas Johansson who was an American Hockey League All-Star representing the Rochester Americans. By the way, he had some awesome pads during the All-Star Skills Challenge. I've always loved the Amherst jerseys, but his lid, his hockey lid, is beyond amazing. So yeah, definitely worth checking out. But Johansson looked very shaky at the start of the game. In the first period, Jakob Silverberg got things started on a nice outlet pass from Michael Delzato. Got it right across the neutral zone 
to a perfectly placed stick of Sam Steele, who was on the left wing, passed it right in the slot to Jakob Silverberg, who went top shelf, scored his 17th goal of the season, and the All-Star would get things started as the Ducks led it one nothing. Then, about four minutes later, uh, Devin Shore... Actually, this started with Cam Fowler. Cam Fowler kind of getting the puck around the horn to Devin Shore, who then got it to Ricard Raquel down in the corner. He passed it to Ryan Getzloff, who was right on the right faceoff dot, and shot it from his knee, got it in his 12th of the season, and that made it 2 nothing Ducks. But hold on, only about a minute later, um, Nick Ritchie got his 6th goal of the season to make it 3 nothing Anaheim. The Ducks got off to such a fast and furious start. And I remember typing in that the Ducks had scored two. And right as I was about to tweet that, Nick Ritchie, there he goes. Third for the Ducks. Very fast start, something that the Ducks are not accustomed to pretty much the whole season. I know this was a broken record around November, December, that the Ducks got off to very slow starts. This was the complete antithesis of that. The Ducks could have made it for nothing very easily when Troy Terry got tripped up on a breakaway and the ref called for a penalty shot. So right here, this was the moment where the Ducks could have blown the game completely wide open and it could have been 4 nothing Anaheim in the first period. But Johansson composed himself, calmed down, got the nice pad save. Troy Terry tried to go 5-hole on him, but you know Johansson just closed the 5-hole very quickly to preserve the three-goal deficit for the Buffalo Sabres. So credit to Johansson on calming down. This was with about two minutes left. Only a minute after that, as Ryan Getzloff was going down the neutral zone, he turned the puck over to, uh, really, this was not a careless play, just a great defensive play by Scott Wilson to kind of poke it away from Getzloff. Getzloff could have done a better job protecting the puck, but this was a play all on Scott Wilson and Johan Larson, where they forechecked perfectly. They had to have a perfect defensive play to get that puck away from Getzloff. And Larson had a perfect shot over the shoulder of Ryan Miller. Hmm. Miller's second consecutive start. We'll talk more about him in a second. So that made it 3-1 Anaheim. Second period we go. Rasmus Dahlin on the Sabres power play. He scores the fourth his fourth goal of the season, to make it 3-2. to two. Boy, oh boy. And also during that period, Sam Steele, he hit one off the post, so that made it very, very close to being four goals for the Ducks. But Sabres still hung in there. And I got to give credit to Ryan Miller there. He got a nice round of applause. Uh, he took one off the face mask, had to get a new face mask. Fans applauded him. All right, that was that was pretty cool. So in the third period, Buffalo began just shooting relentlessly at Ryan Miller, the former Buffalo Sabre. And on that third period, it seemed like Buffalo was just relentlessly in their own offensive zone. If I were to guess, I would say Buffalo had puck possession maybe at least two-thirds of that third period. At least two-thirds. Anywhere between 12 to 15 minutes, that's what it was. Buffalo did outshoot Anaheim 15-5 to and shots on goal in that third period. And they were high-quality shots, too. And I have to give all the credit in the world 
to the Ducks netminder, Ryan Miller. He stood on top of his head at his old barn. Ryan Miller was playing with a purpose because Ryan Miller was the Sabres goaltender for 12 seasons. That was his home. That was his home base for the longest time. And Buffalo Sabres fans, they were eating it up. And I could see, you know, on Twitter, some Sabres fans are saying, why can't we get a goal on Ryan Miller? Other fans saying, wow, this is a blast from the past. Where was, where's this been? So Ryan Miller stands on top of his head, gets the win for the Ducks. They won another road game, 3-2 to two in Buffalo. And that was a great effort by the Ducks defense. They did get their blocks, but Ryan Miller had some key saves. And he's now tied for 15th in all-time goalie wins. Congratulations to Ryan Miller on that. And Buffalo just put all kinds of pressure on him. There was six minutes there where there was one whistle. And it was shot after shot after shot. So the Ducks conclude the road trip with eight points in five games. They finished the road trip 3-0-2. That's pretty impressive for a Ducks team that many thought were tanking completely now i mean i still think we're not so sure exactly where the ducks are they're kind of in that no man's land where they are too far behind to realistically get into the playoffs but they're too far ahead to realistically be top three in the nhl draft lottery so they're kind of in that no man's land right there but give credit to the ducks for putting on a fantastic performance and give kudos to ryan miller And I love what the Buffalo Sabres did there. They gave Ryan Miller the third star of the game. When Ryan Miller came out to greet the fans, he was brought out with a loud applause, great standing ovation, great, great, great from the fans of Buffalo, very classy all the way. You know, they gave him a round of applause when he changed his goal, goalie mask, in the second period. They gave him a round of applause after Ryan Miller made about four or five consecutive great saves, and the fans applauded him. And then at the very end, Ryan Miller waved to the crowd as he was named the star of the game. Fans were applauding. There were some fans that were cheering very loudly for their former netminder, Ryan Miller. So, I mean, I thought that was classy by them. And something that was brought up to me on Twitter, and I got to give credit to the fans for, you know, really just replying to that. I like this. It was nostalgia. This is a quote. Nostalgia for us Sabres fans. He was the face of the franchise the last time this team was any good. And it's hard not to love the guy. You know, people were very upset when the Sabres traded him away. Because he was beloved down in Buffalo. And he will always be beloved in Buffalo. He spent 12 seasons there. And 12 of his best seasons as a Buffalo Sabre. And someone else that someone told me that Sabres fans deserve so much better than they're currently getting. You know, those fans are very knowledgeable. You know, it's good for hockey to see interaction like that between a former player going back to his old home. And as was mentioned throughout the broadcast, this may have been Ryan Miller's final visit to Buffalo. So good for him to put on that kind of performance in front of his old home. And speaking of players with long, illustrious careers, here's today's trivia question. Which two players have the most 50-goal seasons in NHL history? The answer will come after the second intermission. Stay locked in.
Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. One of the major storylines of the National Hockey League is potentially taking place this week as Alexander Ovechkin is, as of right now, two goals away from reaching 700 goals. He would become the eighth player in NHL history to reach that mark. And here's who he has to chase. Seventh place is Mike Gartner who is the speedster who has or had the fastest lap record for NHL All-Star. So Mike Gartner at 7.08. Then 6th place with 717 goals, Phil Esposito. Then 5th place, longtime LA King, Marcel Dion. 4th place, the Golden Jet, Brett Hull at 7.41. 3rd place, all-time goals, Yarmer Yager with 7.66. Number 2 is Mr. Hockey, Gordy Howe with 801 and with 894 career goals, the great one, Wayne Gretzky. So that's who Alexander Ovechkin has a chase. He is, as of right now, 196 goals away from Wayne Gretzky. And just to give some brief stats, Alexander Ovechkin, he's been in the league for 15 years. In each of those 15 years, he's played with the Capitals and he scored at least 30 goals in each of those 15 seasons, making him one of a handful of players to even have 15 30-goal seasons. Here's the other two. Yarmer Yager also has 15 30-goal seasons, and the aforementioned Mike Gardner. Mike Gardner has 17 30-goal seasons. Yeah, not kidding on that one. Not even Wayne Gretzky has 15 30-goal seasons, but then again, Wayne Gretzky just scored in bunches for the first 10 years of his career. As far as 40 goal seasons, only three players have at least 10 40 goal seasons. Alexander Ovechkin just notched his 11th. Marcel Dion has 10 such seasons, and Wayne Gretzky has 12 40 goal seasons. So that in itself is a great accomplishment. And the answer to the trivia question heading into the break, which two players lead NHL all-time with 50-goal seasons. Wayne Gretzky has nine 50-goal seasons, and the great New York Islander Mike Bossy. Mike Bossy also has nine 50-goal seasons, and if Ovechkin can get 10 more this season, he will join those two to have nine 50-goal seasons. So just some interesting stats as far as that goes. And to talk more about Alexander Ovechkin, I do think that he will get 700 goals within the week. His last chance to do it at home is tonight against his old head coach, Barry Trotz, and the New York Islanders. They are coming to Washington. After that, the Caps go on a bit of a road trip where if Ovi doesn't do it tonight, then he will have to do it on the road. Right now, with 698, I believe that he will get 50 goals this season. He's got about... 26-27 games left. He should reach that 50-goal plateau once again. And again, one of only three players to have that many 50-goal seasons. You've got to think, how long can he keep this up? Realistically, Ovi should get to about 7.08 at least. He should pass Mike Gartner this season. Could possibly pass Phil Esposito because to get to 6.98... The big story last week was Ovi got yet another hat trick against the LA Kings last week. Yeah, the Kings just got completely burned on their last road trip. Yeah, the Kings look awful. They're 
easily last place in the Pacific Division. Ovechkin really has a good chance at Espo this season. Next season, he should pass Phil Esposito, Marcel Dion, and Brett Hull in the same season, and a pretty decent shot at passing Yarmer Yager next season. Ovi is under contract for a couple more seasons, so while he's a member of the Capitals, he should pass Gardner, Espo, Dion, Hull, and Yarmer Yager. Gordy Howe is still a bit of a ways away, but Wayne Gretzky is a very long way away. If he can get at least three more seasons of 50 goals, including this season, I think he's got a shot. Ovi can get there by age 40, and if he continues to play age 41, and realistically, Alexander Ovechkin could pass the 900 goal mark. Can you imagine 900 goals in an NHL career? That is just astounding numbers and something that we will definitely keep track of here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And with that, I want to thank you all for listening. You can download today's podcast or any of the previous episodes on the Locked On Podcast Network via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. Please make sure to follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks or follow me personally at StimpyJD. Once again, I thank you all for listening. Like, comment, subscribe if you have not already. And I love hearing from you guys. I loved hearing from some Buffalo fans over the weekend. If you want to discuss hockey with me, you can do so at LO underscore Ducks or email me at LockedOnAnaheimDucks at gmail.com. For Locked On Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the day. I'll see you at the arena and stay cool, Anaheim.